Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. Following the news yesterday that Jake Sanderson has switched agents, we want to predict what his next contract with Ottawa could look like. And speaking of defensemen, we've got three defensemen to profile in today's edition of our 2023 NHL Draft Prospect Profiles. It's Etienne Morin, Caden Price, and Theo Lindstein. All that's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 826 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also available on YouTube. Today is June 22nd, and today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Pilsy, today it's all about defensemen. Yep, it's a defenseman type of day, and we got to start with the most important defenseman contract coming up on the Ottawa Senators and Ross. That's Jake Sanderson. He's got one deal left or one year left rather on his entry level contract. I would rather Pierre Dorian get this extension cleaned up sooner rather than later. The news yesterday is Jake Sanderson is now being represented by Pat Brisson, one of the most powerful agents in the NHL, most known for being Sidney Crosby's agent. He has one client on the Ottawa Senators, Claude Giroux, Mm. which I want to say was probably the easiest contract he's ever negotiated. Player wants to go there. Team wants him. Okay, where do I sign? Let's get this done. But a very powerful agent, and he deserves to have his next contract look in line with the play that he's provided, at least through one season. I know there's that caveat. Show me again. Sophomore slumps happen. But with Jake Sanderson's game, it's just so projectable. It's just you know what you're going to get. And I'm excited to see what kind of numbers they come across and how many years it is. Because, Pilsy, we did some digging, and there's precedent on both sides, going seven, eight years, but also going the bridge route where you could keep the AAV a little bit lower. Yeah, so what I did is I tried to find uh, some player comparables and see what contracts they had coming out of their entry-level deals. So we'll start with, in the division, Rasmus Dahlin. After his entry-level contract, Ross, he signed a three-year, $6 million deal. I believe he's on the final year of that deal with the Sabres. So I would say Rasmus Dahlin and Jake Sanderson, very comparable players. Uh, Dahlin a little more offensive uh uh, upside there but then Sanderson you've got the defensive play and I really think that that's a route and that's a comparable that the Sens could use and Jake Sanderson's camp could use to look at a bridge deal option uh, we can get into the bridge option if you want Ross because uh, the other contract comparables I have are six eight and six years so I would like to get into a bridge deal with you but not when we're discussing what this contract ends up being I do not think they should go the bridge route with Jake Sanderson, I think you have so much dead money coming off the books next year. 
you should just give that all to Jake Sanderson. And just, yeah. I don't think in the immediate future, it's, it's going to press you enough that it's not worth the difference in what you're going to have to pay more after a bridge contract. Because like I said, it's projectable. It's not like you're like, oh, that was a flash in the pan. He did all yeah. these amazing things. He's so solid defensively. His gap control is elite. He's only going to get better offensively. And look what happened to Rasmus Dahlin. You're like, okay, he's a 40-point defenseman for the first three seasons. Okay, so we'll give him a bridge deal. We'll see if he can break out. And sure enough, in the next two seasons, he's got over 135 points. Yeah. So there's no turning back on that deal. What's it going to be? Over $9 million on his next contract? Probably. I think you really try to keep it under eight million would be a, a, a steal. Is it crazy to say a steal on a long term deal? I, I don't think it's a, it's that crazy, honestly, with how Jake Sanderson projects now. The only thing, and I'm worried, I'm labeling my guy as a bridge deal, or I'm labeling myself as a bridge deal guy. I'm not necessarily saying bridge deal is the best option for Jake Sanderson, but here's the spin zone I'll throw to you, Ross. If you decide to go the bridge deal route with Jake Sanderson you're going to get an opportunity to make his next contract as an RFA. So you get a little more leverage uh, as the team. And also, if you feel like this is your window to really push for a cup, if you get him on a bridge deal for the, let's let's just say three years, six million, just give him the exact same contract as Dowling, just for this argument's sake. I'm not saying that's what he's going to get. I'm not saying that's what he should get, just for this argument's sake. As opposed to going longer and maybe he makes... 8 million or whatever. So let's say you're saving $2 million over the next three years on that contract. Do you think you can use that 2 million in other areas so that you can push your team further? And then you just pay Sanderson, whatever he's worth after that. Like do the Ottawa senders think this next three year window is going to be their best window to make a push for the cup. That's what you need to ask. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we have to take a, a longer-term look at this, though, because even still, there's some there's some thoughts. And I know we said it for so many years that the cap will go up. So it's it's one of those where you lock him in now at, at 8, 8.2, 8.3, whatever it is. Basically, he's going to be in the Timmy and Brady range. He's yes. the same pedigree of draft pick. And even though he's only had one season to show for it, there's so much to love about his game. I, I miss watching him play hockey. It's so smooth, so cerebral, so smart, and makes his teammates better. We're big Travis Hamnick guys on this show, but you got to think playing with Artem Zub or Jacob Chikrin or Thomas Shabbat next year in that top four that's so set in stone, it's just going to make him that much better as a hockey player. So yeah. I'm I'm ready to commit to this, this contract eight years, and I'll spin zone your thoughts about saying when's the window – by saying when's the window where the cap's going to hopefully go up to 90 million plus, and then all these $8 million contracts are going to feel like 7.2, 7.3, and then you're laughing. So the Sens are in a situation where their young core is kind of where the Leafs was when they started paying them, but now you're making them pay less with the thought that the cap goes up. The cap didn't go up. The Leafs kind of got pigeonholed into this this thing where they're filling out their roster with with scrap parts or retain making people retain salary, giving draft picks to do that, or giving away first round draft picks to get out of contracts they shouldn't have signed. So I don't want to get into a situation like that. But where's all the money right now, Pilsy? It's all up front, except mm-hmm. for Thomas Shabbat. I think you need to lock up Jake Sanderson if he's interested. Eight years. 
and you have the conversation around what the money is around that, but I don't even really want to talk about a bridge deal with Jake Sanderson. No, and, and that's fair. Like when you have the caliber of player that Jake Sanderson is, Elliot Friedman says this all the time. If you have young players that you believe in, you sign them for as long as possible because the price isn't going to go down, right? Like a guy like Jake Sanderson, the price is not going to go down. Um, now, do you have one more uh, little uh, piece there? Because I can give you our, the other player comparables of longer contracts. I want to get to that. I'll just say that he's like the next wave for the Sens decor, right? Because they're still young, but Zub's 27, Shabbat's 26, Chikrin's mm-hmm. 25. Then you have to go all the way down to 20 years old. We're talking about a 20-year-old kid right now with yeah. one year of NHL experience. But it doesn't take much to watch him play to realize how special of a talent he is. Even the haters, Ross, even the people at drafted that are like, wow, Sens fans overrating Jake Sanderson. The Sens reached on Sanderson, blah, blah, blah. Even all the haters have flipped around and been like, nope, hand up. My bad. This kid is legit. Yes. Okay, give us these long-term comparables because I think everyone's interested to hear it because I know people are smashing their steering wheel being like, Pilsy, stop saying bridge deals. Everyone's hating on you, man. It'd be a real shame for people to say that they like my take better than yours, eh? Like with goalies or something? Yeah, yeah. Everyone show Ross a little uh, compassion with uh, with the goalie uh, choices yesterday. <laughs> I think that was a lopsided poll who won that one, but that's okay, Ross. You can't win them all. Hey, I wanted to make it contentious, and I did just that. Yeah, nice. Thanks for falling on the sword there. Uh, so I'll start with I'll start on the high end here. So Kale McCarr, you know, you might argue is is that a comparable for Jake Sanderson? That's on the that's the high high end of comparables. I understand that, of course. I'm just putting these numbers out for argument's sake. So he signed a six year, nine million dollar deal. I don't think that's going to be Jake Sanderson territory. I think that's probably a little rich. And I mean, fair. Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the league and arguably could be one of the best defensemen of this era, this generation. It is worth noting, though, he did sign that contract before winning the Stanley Cup in Consmite. Yep, exactly. Yeah, definitely worth noting. Uh, so these two are a little more closer to Sanderson, I would say. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, eight years. $8.45 million. So, Ross, you mentioned long-term. You mentioned he's going to be making um, probably Brady, Timmy money. Is that a deal you'd be comfortable with? Eight years, uh, 8.45? It is. And if we do it based on the ice time that a top defenseman plays, you know what? That's how that's how we can rationalize giving him $1 million more on, on average than Tim Stutzla. And also, inflation, right? A couple of years or one year later. But, I mean... Well, no. Tim Stutzla makes 8.3. Eight, 8.3. Eight, three. Eight, three. So, you, it's 8.4 for... Heiskanen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I love that. If, if that was the contract today, sign it up. Yeah. Uh, and then Quinn Hughes, another guy I felt was kind of comparable. He signed a six-year, $7.85 million deal. So two two less years, and you're you're getting a little bit uh, a little bit lower AAV. So would you go down to six years, Ross, to lower the AAV or no? No, I wouldn't. At that point, you're only buying one year of free agency. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather spend the extra, not a math guy, six hundred thousand. I want to say somewhere in that range, and be able to have them for eight more seasons. I, I think that it's crucial uh, to do that when you're looking at the back end. That's that's going to be in transition in probably two years from now when the Chickering contracts up. You'll probably have to change the hierarchy of uh, of the other guys in the mix there, and then Zub's uh, at four point six as well. But 
I, I'm I'm just ecstatic that these these numbers seem reasonable. Yeah, outside exactly. of Kale McCarr, but he's he's not making Kale McCarr money. No, no, he exactly. That's why I said that's the high end one. I I think I, I'm with you. And uh, for Jake Sanderson, I'm not going to be my bridge deal uh, guy stance. I think you sign him eight years. Anything eight years under nine million, honestly, I I think is going to be fine, especially with the cap going up. This is a thing. I want to start changing the narrative, not looking so much at the cap, but the cap percentage. I think that's something we need to look more at. What percentage of the cap are you taking up? I think that's a big thing that uh, teams are going to look at more going forward. Uh, interesting to note, Quinn Hughes' agent, Papri saw as well. Okay. So there you go. And he's gotten defense and paid. He's got Tony D'Angelo at $5 million, Sam Girard at $5 million, yeah. Camp Fowler at 6.5 as well. But none of those guys, I don't think, are in the are in the level of the Quinn Hughes and Jake Sanderson. Uh, should be noted, he got Seth Jones a seventy six million dollar contract, nine point five. But yeah, different circumstances there. He's also got Noah Hannafin, uh, who's he's got to deal with this summer as well. It sounds like he's not going to resign in Calgary. But worth noting that uh, Paprisaw, super agent Paprisaw, okay. Guess how much the total value of his active contracts are. We'll leave oh it. Oh my there. god. It's unreal. Just to give you a few a few more names that he like had. like the total values of all the deals not one year of all the players. The Yes, do you want to do the average? No, no, let's do the whole I honestly I bet it's 250 million. It's more than what the Sens sold for. Oh, I wasn't even close. Oh, my God. He's well, he in the probably, billion range? It's $1.16 billion. Decent, and he's probably making a, a couple percent commission on all those. That's nice. Yeah, Sidney Crosby at $8.7 million and Dylan Larkin at $8.7 million are his fifth and sixth highest earning clients. He has Kopitar at $10 million, John Tavares at $11 million, and McKinnon at twelve point six. So. Nice. <laughs> He's got Duchesne at eight. He's got Jack Hughes at eight. He's got Cole Caulfield just signed. He's a super agent. He's yeah, one of the biggest agents. Absolutely. It's Newport Sports and it's Pat Brisson. Yeah. So there you have it. Jake Sanderson, let us know in the comments what you want his next contract to look like. And Pilsy made a good point, though. If the next three years are your biggest, best window to win, is it worth biting the bullet long term and getting him signed? Not for me, but maybe for you. Let us know yeah. why in the comments. We've got draft profiles to get to. And all three of these players, two Canadian kids and a Swede, all defensemen, all bring a little something different. Yeah. But they all came in with our six scouts with the identical average ranking. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Guys, if you've been following along with the pod, you know where Ross and I get our tickets is game time. Whether that's tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever you're interested in, you can get tickets at the last minute without having to worry about stress. Forget planning months in advance. Game time often has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get the images of your seats before you buy, so you're not getting there and you're like, what the heck, I can't see anything. There's a massive uh, pole right in front of me or the view is terrible. No, you'll know right away. Buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, one, two, boom, and the tickets are right on your phone. So 
down, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, download the app, and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. My favorite place on planet Earth is Shawarma Palace for good reason as well. I always go in there hungry and I leave so satisfied, so thrilled that I'm few filled at Shawarma Palace. Now, Shawarma Palace, not only do we know how great the quality is, how big the portions are, everything when it comes to Shawarma Palace is top class. And now they not only have seven locations, we're talking about a brand that is able to put themselves on wheels. Meals on wheels. Meals on wheels at Shawarma Palace. They're going to be at the Escapade Music Festival in this beauty if you're watching on YouTube. So go make sure you're looking for them. Shawarma Palace. Hey, if you're at those types of events, you better be staying fueled up. So go to Shawarma Palace today, any of their seven locations, and look for the trailer, this absolute beauty trailer I want to be serving garlic sauce out of this thing. Go get them catered for any occasion. 613-789-9533 and visit them shawarmapalace.ca. They're also available on Instagram, Twitter. Go check them out. Eat at Shawarma Palace today. Eat like a royal. Eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pillsy, before we get to our draft rankings, as a goalie-friendly show, we should give a shout-out to the 2023 Hockey Hall of Fame class that had three goalies out of five players. Yeah, three tendies. That's good. So uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Tom Barrasso, and Mike Vernon, right? Sens legend Tom Barrasso played seven games for Ottawa and uh, probably had about seven rude quotes to the media at the same time. (laughs) I mean, that's good ratio right there. Did you hear what what he said uh, in Ottawa at the playoffs? No, I don't remember. Oh, one of my favorite ones, a part of it. Uh, they said, you know, the post uh, helped you out tonight. And he said, what, you want me to stop the ones going wide too? Yeah, nice. That's classic, Tendy. Yeah. I so, mean, hey, if it hits the post, it's not in. I don't need to save those. No, that's just it. So, and uh, Tom Brasso was the one guy where when they announced the class, like we couldn't reach him. <laughs> so I, I don't <laughs> know if awesome. he even knows if, uh, if he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. But yeah, Mike Vernon and his 890 career save percentage is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, act. you know, I, I, I would have went a different route on that one, but it's fine. Still waiting on Brian Murray to be in the builders category. The builders were Ken Hitchcock, very well-deserved for sure, and Pierre Lacroix, who orchestrated the trade to get Patrick Waugh from Montreal to Colorado. That worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so that's another goalie connection. Hey, that's Pierre Lacroix's most, uh, most famed move. Um, so shout out to the Hockey Hall of Fame class. Of course, Daniel Alfredson, forever Hall of Famer as of yeah. last year. So we're happy to that. But always a cool moment for uh, for all these fans of their teams and players that they watch growing up getting a chance to be enshrined forever at the Hockey Hall of Fame. All right, coming in at number 42 on our Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings. Keep your head up when this kid's on the ice and Keep your feet on a swivel when he's attacking you as well. This kid can do it all. It's Etienne Morin playing out in Moncton in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Ross, this prospect is so much fun. I mean, if you haven't heard of Etienne Morin, 
or you don't follow the queue closely, go on YouTube and the QMJHL actually put out a highlight pack for him. And it's this epic techno music. And he's just, it's just open ice hits, breaking the puck up the ice, joining the rush. Like there's so many fun things that this guy does. I ended up watching his full highlight pack just because I was so amused. This kid is the complete package. He led the Moncton Wildcats in scoring 67 games, 21 goals, 51 assists for 72 points. He's a left shot defenseman. I got him at six feet, 183 pounds, 180 pounds on uh, our board here. And you can see why people that follow the queue are so high on this kid, Ross, because there's so many different aspects to his game where you can see that becoming an exciting player for fans to watch. Oh, in our rankings, pretty split. We have as high as 31 and as low as 71. How's that for a little range? We've got Scott Wheeler's at 31, Chris Peters and Corey Prodman at 40, Craig Button at 54, and then EP down at 71. The average is 47.4. And what's interesting is he's not a defensive defenseman. He's actually not very good in his own zone. But in the neutral zone... This guy, open ice hits, is is his calling card defensively. Yeah. But he is like a prototypical offensive defenseman outside of the fact that he just kills guys too. So he hits like a truck, but man, the, the hands are the first thing that I notice in his highlight reel. It's so smooth. Everything in the offensive zone just flows through him. And I, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's going to be one of those prospects that might even take a meteoric rise as soon as this upcoming season where you're looking at him as a – potential candidate for team Canada at the world juniors. And I mean, 72 points is hard to ignore. I know the Q is a little more higher scoring than others. And the fact that when the games got tougher in the playoffs as well, he was able to produce his, and it's not just goal scoring too, right? 15 of his 17 playoff points in 12 games were assists. So the vision is there. I just think he's a tremendous hockey player. Yeah, I would agree with you, Ross. And uh, the thing is, like, he played big, big minutes for the Wildcats. He's uh, on their top pair. He's so creative. And what I found is he can adapt to the play so easily. Like, there's never a moment where you can be sure of what he's going to do. He has so many tricks up his sleeve. Like, breaking up uh, the neutral zone, he knows whether to turn the jets on, to slow down and wait to do a cross-ice pass, to carry the puck in himself, to chip it in. Like, there's so many options with him. It's so hard to defend against a guy like this. And he loves joining the rush. I saw so many plays where it's a two-on-one for his team, and then he just blasts in from the the behind, and now it's a three-on-one, and then he's going for the rebound at the net. Like, he just – he's a really exciting player that – wants to keep things going and he wants to have those big open ice hits like you can even see him lining up for hits like there's a guy in the center ice and he's waiting for that pass from the defenseman breaking out of the zone and Etienne Moran is already angling his body waiting to just absolutely truck a guy when he receives that suicide pass up the middle so he's just so much fun to watch I think fans um you know maybe there's some things you're worried about like EP doesn't like his skating they don't like the form but they did make a point to say that maybe he's skating so awkwardly and he doesn't have that uh, pace that most guys do because he knows he's going to be playing upwards of 26 27 minutes a night so you gotta you gotta pace yourself a little there so at least they're cognizant of that but other than that note i haven't found too much uh nitpicking on this guy like ross i don't know about you but i got him at four and a half stars i love this kid 
yeah, he's a four and a half star guy for me too. I, I don't think I have many five star guys yet. Colby Barlow, a few of the other guys up top, I'm big, big high on. But uh, for me, defenseman wise, and, and I'm going through because next Tuesday or this upcoming Tuesday, maybe people are listening to this and their team just took Etienne Moran. But we're making our own top 50 based on all of the profiles. Every day we're doing three and really diving in to those three players. And looking at all the de- defensemen that we've done, like, I've got Moran ahead of Gulyayev on mine. I've got Moran ahead of Oliver Bonk. I'm sorry. He's closer to Tom Willander than any other defenseman that I have on my board. Like You've got the four at the top for me, the Axel Sandin, Palika, Reinbacker, Simashev, and Willander in a tier together. He's probably at the start of the tier. I think I'm going to put him right between Ethan Gauthier and Oliver Bonk there at the end of the first round for me. I'm really high on this kid, and I think that uh, an NHL team, right, they're going to see all of the the highlight reel plays that he's making and everything and, and just see, man, this guy's going to be a top four defenseman. We should mention that he is a left shot defenseman, yeah. um, which I know the teams probably value right shot just a little bit more, but a later birthday, a March, March birthday, 2005, and um, man, you look at a guy where just the, the sky's the limit. He, he had a, a 40 point improvement from one year over the next with the Moncton Wildcats. And I just think that next year he's going to take another step forward. He does need to work on his skating. I'm kind of with elite prospects there. He needs to kind of, you know, do that enough to defend in his own zone. I think he defends okay off the rush, but when he's in his own zone, I want to see him use his size a little bit more and kind of angle guys away from the front of the net. He's clearly enjoys the physical aspect of hockey. I just want to see him use it in different areas where it doesn't have to always be the K train open ice hits. It can also be, you know, just holding guys behind the boards and and allowing your partner to come fish out pucks and be able to have smooth breakouts. So that's probably the next step of development I'd like to see from Etienne Morin. But I'm also very intrigued by the skill set. And I think he might be one of the first players off the board in the second round. Yeah, I've got him as uh, probably the first defenseman selected in the second round. With a guy like Etienne Morin, the thing is, Ross, I'm willing to take the the bad aspects, some of those kind of um, things that you listed there, because the good aspects are so good. Like, I'm willing to bet on this kid. If I'm a scout in a boardroom, I'm saying, look, let's swing for the fences here. I think this guy, the ceiling is huge. He has so much potential. I know there's a couple flaws we got to kind of work out, but... I think the good aspects of his game are so good. You can't let those other things hinder him. Etienne Moran or Oliver Bonk? Who do you have higher on your list? Oh, man, that's tough. It's like, are you betting on the upside of Moran? Or are you betting on kind of the more safe projection of Oliver Bonk? Exactly. That's what it all comes down to, Ross. I think it would it would have to depend on what the prospect pipeline is if if you don't have a prospect pipeline maybe i'm going with oliver bonk just so that i'm like okay this is a guy i think for sure is going to play nhl games but if you got a couple of those safe guys in your in your pipeline take that swing on moran i love it scott wither says he plays a highly involved game built around upper yeah. echelon skill a confidence and calm demeanor with the puck in all three zones above average skating oh we got a little battle of whether he's a good skater or not and a sound of understanding of when and where he can impact the game. So Etienne Moran comes in at number 42, and I believe he'll be off the board before 42 when the NHL draft comes around in Nashville 
on Wednesday. For more draft profiles, head over to Locked On Senators on YouTube. We've got more than 60 available for your viewing, whether your team just took a player or otherwise. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every single day. All right, coming up on the other side, we've got two more defensemen to get to, Caden Price and a Swede who's making noise in the SHL. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Guys, you know I love my Bird Dog shorts. I feel like every day when I'm quickly deciding what I'm going to wear. Oh, and if you're watching on YouTube, Ross has got the Bird Dogs on. Look at those. Great fit, great style. And I'm sure the comfort is right there too. But it is. Every time, Ross, I'm picking shorts. I don't even think about the other ones. I'm like, wait, where, where are my bird dog shorts? Like, I'm, wear, I'm wearing them again. I don't care. I'm bringing them back. Um, and it's for good reason. I love. I went, out in, I went out on the golf course with them. Great fit. And they even have belt loops. So if you want to wear them a little more formal or out on yep. the golf course, just throw a belt on over it. And so much comfort. And it didn't help my swing, per se. I need, I need magic. You need a lot more than that, yeah. But, man. They're awesome. Super comfortable. Well, and that's the thing. That's the versatility, Ross. Or you want to be a little more casual. You don't need to wear a belt. They got the drawstring. I love the drawstring uh, shorts so you can tighten them without a belt if you want, if you're just having a couple drinks on the patio this summer or whatever. So I love that liner that they have in the middle. There's anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and you can get a free Yeti style tumbler. You guys have seen mine in your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, you're listening to Locked On Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there, the citizens who help make this show what it is. And I'm super impressed with the citizens. Absolutely buzzing. The YouTube numbers are flying. They want this custom sends jersey. And, and Ross, speaking of the citizens, we had our guy, Kevin Hamina. He uh, said, hey, I missed the Send Central Citizens segment. Don't worry, Kevin. We're coming back with Send Central Citizens all through the summer. We're just focused on the draft now. Ross has us on a tight schedule to get all these draft prospect profiles done. But once the draft is done, you can uh, you can be rest assured we're probably going to do at least one citizen a week. And on the draft Bob McKenzie final rankings have officially dropped and if we had had these before today the next two players would be flipped but they're not he has Theo is it Lindstein am I pronouncing that right Uh, yeah Lindstein or Lindstein let's go with Lindstein I like that Lindstein okay um he's got him at 26 on his rankings interesting wow yep so we'll keep that in mind as we move forward with the rest of today's show Coming in at number 43 on the Locked On Senators NHL draft rankings from the Kelowna Rockets, it's Caden Price. Yes, we get to cover another Kelowna kid. I love the Kelowna Rockets. And this is a very intriguing prospect, Ross, because EP made it clear throughout all their scout viewings. It all depends what day you're seeing him. Some days they're like, oh my God, this kid has it. Let's bump him up our rankings. He's showing me so much potential. 
And then the next game, you're like, uh, maybe we need to revisit this. Like, it's it seems like, uh, I forget which prospect it was that we talked about this, but the highs are very high, but also the lows are very low. You got to find some way to meet in the middle with Caden Price, but we'll get to all that. Starting off with his stats, like we mentioned, Kelowna Rockets player, six uh, foot one, 185 pounds, and he is a left shot defenseman. In 65 games, he had five assists, or sorry, five goals, 35 assists for 40 points and 43 pims. And uh, Ross, he did not lead the Wild cats and points but (laughs) that's that's all right it happens to the best of us um but yeah Caden Price is a very impressive player for multiple different reasons Ross I'll just spout out while you change that graphic there uh he seems like a smart disciplined defenseman like he's so confident breaking the puck up the ice he weaves through opponents with ease although he's one of those guys that when he gets to the ozone he doesn't really have a plan, so he just kind of chips it in or uh, lobs it towards the net. And it's like, okay, you, like I got us here. You you guys do the rest here. Um, so the offensive abilities, he, he doesn't have a way to kind of finish off those plays, which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like having a defenseman that can just get you into the O zone and have your players, uh, your forwards, uh, forecheck and really make a difference there can be effective as well, but you'd like to see once in a while him pull a couple tricks up his sleeve, just so that other teams uh, defenders aren't just ready waiting for that. dumping. How do you help a defenseman who struggles with consistency? That, that's a great question, Ross. I think maybe you try to find small things that he can do away from the puck to keep him engaged in the game, right? Like I feel like the players that struggle with consistency, it's like they're not feeling the puck. And when they're not feeling the puck, they they don't feel involved. Where, whereas Caden Price, um, he, he there is other ways that he can be effective. Like he has good defensive instincts. He shuts down plays at the blue line. And I even found when he shuts down a play, he doesn't just stop there. He can turn it over and go the other way as well. And his skating is so good that he can use that to erase space on attackers and kind of close in his gaps. So. I think the, the thing too, Ross, is this is a guy that he's a young player. He, you're looking at an August 24th, 2005 birthday. So it's a lot to ask of him to have a solid game night in and night out, especially in the WHL. It's a tough league. So I, I'm not too concerned about the consistencies just because a, a young defenseman with a lot on his plate, I think he's going to figure things out. I really do too. I think that the the upside is pretty high on him as a two-way defenseman. You just have to be patient with him and be able to work through some of the growing pains that could cause Pilsy. Let's let's read what I've updated too cuz we got a whole province to shout out here. A oh, Saskatoon product. Yes. I mean, hey, Saskatchewan, say what you want about it, but they produce good classic hard-nosed smart hockey players like a lot of uh prospects coming out of there i mean what are you gonna do in 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 sask other than farm and play hockey so that's what they're good at now i don't think he's gonna be another Braden mcnab another sask product <laughs> just won the stanley cup with the vegas golden knights but i do think there can be a shutdown element to his game i think it just really depends on what system someone puts him in and i think the next three years are going to be huge because he could develop into one of those steady top four defensemen 
who you just never have to worry about. You know who a player comparable I think he should aspire to be? And it's not the sexiest name, but I do think that there's a lot of kind of good, solid upside to it, is Dylan DeMello. Like, wouldn't that that be kind of a perfect player comparable? Like, I don't think he's going to be a point producer at the NHL, but he could be a complimentary top four defenseman who you put with a solid defenseman who likes roaming around with the puck, and he's going to have a good first pass. He's going to defend decent and just be able to kind of be an all-around good defenseman in the NHL. No, the only reason I laugh is because I feel like I've done the Dylan DeMello comparison three times already. We're just we're just big Dylan DeMello guys. Can you blame us? Well, it's also a sense of of he's kind of the poster boy for guys where less is more. Yep. And for some of these defensemen, when they're trying to do a little too much, it feels like less is more. It's like the scene from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Paul Rudd, you know, coaching up Jason Segal on things like. No, no, do less on the surfboard. Do less. <laughs> no, do no, less. No, too much. Do less. Yeah. Too much. Just chill out. It's all good. So for Caden yeah. Price, I mean, a 19-point improvement is nice. He went from playing on a top team in Kelowna last year to a team where eh, it wasn't so good this year for them. With that, I think, comes added responsibility. But one thing that I think teams will fall in love with with Caden Price is the August 24th birthday. That's one of the youngest players in the entire draft. So you've got that much extra room to work with him over the course of his development. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that's something that needs to be noted here. Um, I, I see the potential. I, I don't think that uh, that he's someone that the inconsistencies you really need to be worried about. I see him as being an early second-round pick, Ross. Uh, and, and I got Caden Price at four stars just because I see the potential and I think he can make it work. Uh, he's just a young player. I've got a nice one for you from April, 2023. So after the trade, there's lots of guys I model my game after. I like Haskinen. I like Shabbat. And another guy I've watched recently is Jacob Chikrin. Is this guy a sicko? (laughs) This guy might be a sense fan. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And and man, Chikrin's another kind of example who has, I think a lot more physical tools than a Dylan DeMello, but where it's just like a calm, steady game. Great puck, like great stick positioning that helps him break up rushes a ton. So Caden Price, I, I give him 3.8 stars. Are we doing 0.8 stars? Can I do a 0.8? Because I think 3.5 is too low. I think 4 for me might be a little high. Out of these three defensemen, I have them in the order that we're doing them. I think a little bit below Etienne Moran and a little bit higher than Theo Lindstein. So with that, we've got Caden Price coming in at 43 on our Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings. The projection, I think, will be a few years away. Yep. Still, the payout could be big for a guy like Caden Price. For more, check out Locked On Senators on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and check out all the draft coverage we have over the next few little while. All right, coming in at number 44 on the Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings, it's Theo Lindstein out of the SHL. Well, was his team got relegated in Burnus. Uh, sorry for the pronunciation. I always mess up the team names, but that's all right. What we can't mess up is that Lindstein plays with an extremely mature game. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing you cannot avoid when you're talking about Theo Lindstein is that this kid has really skyrocketed at a young age. He debuted in the SHL as a 16-year-old. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. And in, in that time, he played 12 games in the SHL that year. And this season, he played 32 games in the SHL, the most of any league. He had one goal, one assist. 
He played 14 games in the J20, and he had two goals, five assists. So clearly you can see this isn't a guy that depends on putting up points to play uh, a solid game, but he just has a very well-rounded game, and he's someone that coaches have obviously learned to trust. And Ross, he was playing upwards of 10 minutes a night uh, in the SHL, and in their in their playoffs, unfortunately, they did get uh, demoted, like you mentioned, but there was an overtime game, which they won, and he played 27 minutes in that game. So clearly coaches aren't afraid to give this young kid an opportunity to play in big moments. And Chris Peters mentions it's a bit of a throwback player where the production might not always be there, but he defends well, he competes, has good mobility. And in the modern NHL, it's like, what's going to be his separating tool? That's kind of where, where I'm at with him. Like, is he going to defend extremely well? I think to be an everyday NHL or sooner rather than later, he's going to have to improve defending a little bit and just be elite rather than good. That to me is, is where the kind of the line is. I think he's, if I was drafting Theo, I would make sure that he comes over sooner rather than later. I would like to get him on North American ice in the, in the prospect pool for my team and get him playing in the AHL. Craig Button has him as a first round talent at 27th overall. We mentioned Bob McKenzie just released his, top 32 after we made this graphic he has him at 26 on that list chris peters has him at 36 Corey promen at 42 scott wheeler at 58 and elite prospects all the way down at 74 again that averages out to 47.4 i was impressed by you mentioned how much time he played in the shl zero penalty minutes none not even a not even a puck over the glass not even a hook nothing no penalties yeah, that's very impressive, especially as a young guy. You'd think like there'd be a couple times, Ross, where a guy gets around him and he, and he just gives him a little hook just to try to catch up or a trip. Nothing. Clean slate. So that just shows you how disciplined and responsible he is. Now, the thing with uh, Lindstein is I just I don't see that eye-popping attribute. Like when you're looking at him, what's the one thing you can kind of – grab onto and be like, yes, this is what he does. That's going to get him to that next level. And I just don't see that, which I don't want to say is a detriment on him because there's so many other well-rounded parts of his game. You mentioned the mobility is really nice. Uh, He's got good crisp passes in the offensive zone. I found that he did a really good job of changing the angle at the point to try to find a lane to get a shot through that uh, can either beat the goalie clean or allow for a good tip or deflection. But I just think he's he's a nice, safe prospect. And yeah, he already has uh, upwards of 40 SHL games under his belt at this young age. So I'm with you, Ross. If I draft him, I'm bringing him over to North America ASAP. I just don't know if he's going to be much more than a bottom pair NHL defenseman, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm picking in the top 40, I'm looking for a little more high upside. I think this guy goes towards the end of the second round. And uh, with, with our list so far, he's He's probably on the lower end of my top 50, but at the same time, there's still lots to like about uh, Theo's game. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I got him late second round. I got him at three and a half out of five stars. I got him at three stars. I got him as three stars. I just think especially in this draft around this area, we're seeing every day we have these guys where it's like, man, the skill pops. Like today was Etienne Morin, where it's like, these are the types of players where I would be betting on in the early second round. Like you earn that early second round pick just as much as you earn the early first round pick by being awful. Try to go and get a guy who can really make a difference 
in your lineup. And I think Theo is more of a complimentary player. I hope that he goes to like a Colorado. I know they don't have many picks in the draft, but like, you know, an established decor, their top four is set. You don't have to worry about making it into that mold and just get in the system. And, and at that point, then it's up to coaching to make him the best player that he can be. But he comes in at number 44 on the locked on senators NHL draft rankings. We're a part of the locked on podcast network, your team every single day. All right, Pilsy. We are less than a week away from the NHL draft. Actually, ongoing right now will be the probably third round of yep. the NHL draft while we're recording. It's Thursday at 10 a.m. We'll have more information Monday and Tuesday about how we're going to set up our show schedule, but we can guarantee before the first round of the NHL draft, we will have a live stream on YouTube. Yep. Just another reason to subscribe, to know when we go live, and we will have all the preview you need. We'll have special guests. We'll have all of that figured out leading right into the first overall pick. It truly is one of the best days on the NHL calendar. Yeah, if only they didn't do it on a Wednesday. Um, But yes. First day of a 10-day vacation for me, so let's go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I. the drama that's going to involve this draft. And Ross, this is going to be a draft we look back at five years and be like, teams made franchise-altering picks for better or for worse in this draft. I could not agree with you more there. I cannot wait to see it. Any final thoughts on today's show, Pills? No, nothing nothing for me. It's it's all about the draft, and uh, I, I'm fired up for the draft. And also, Ross, I, I'm fired up for the draft too because once that happens, it's a domino, and it's like, okay, the draft is over. Now let's focus on signing either RFAs or we got to figure out what UFAs we're after. So it just – one door closes and another one opens. It's the NHL offseason. And July 1st will be the first day that the Senators can negotiate with Jake Sanderson on his next contract. We know that Tim Stutzla signed right before training camp. That would be awesome vibes going into the season. Uh, My final thoughts is, one, welcome to Ottawa, Michael Anlauer. Spent yesterday meeting with the mayor, meeting with Daniel Alfredson. We knew that was coming. And I'm also about to dive into Bob McKenzie's 96-player NHL draft rankings. It's finally here, so we'll discuss that on tomorrow's show it's going to be a feel-good friday for sure so hope you join us for today we say goodbye for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan and this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day